you would surely agree with him that this man was, was built somewhat differently. And he was special. See, Chuck Yeager, he, he entered into the Army or the Air Force at the age of, of 18. He became a World War II fighter pilot. And during his time in service during World War II, he shot down 13 German aircraft. There was one day, one day that he shot down five German planes in one day. It was this man, he, he was an ace pilot. One day he found himself hobbling across the Pyrenees Mountains. He was eluding capture by the German army after he had been shot down himself over France, but he made it safely to a neutral zone despite some leg injuries and head injuries that he had suffered upon the crash landing. But, you know, all these things are not what this incredible man was, was known for the most. He had racked up these many different honors during his time in the United States Air Force, but it wasn't these honors that really earned him the most fame. It was following the war that there was a certain barrier that some thought perhaps could never be broken by uh, a human being. It was supposed by many that, that anyone who attempted to break this sound barrier would be ripped apart. They'd be ripped to shreds in, in their sh- machines that they built. They, they just could not be built to, to break through this, this sound barrier. They would, they would suffer the same fate and... You know, that, that fear, it was reinforced by the fact that there were many failed attempts by those who were trying to break the sound barrier. They, they did have jets that were broken up. There were some men who lost control. They, they crashed their jets into the ground. There were others who, uh, just before reaching what would have been the sound barrier, they, they lost consciousness and they came crashing to the ground. And so there was reasonable fears of, of and, and reasons why they believe this couldn't be done. But on October 14, 1947, General Chuck Yeager he climbed into this specialized jet plane that was this, this test plane specially built to break the sound barrier. He, he got in that plane, he climbed to an altitude of 45,000 feet above the Mojave Desert. And it was at that altitude that his jet reached a speed in excess of 700 miles per hour, allowing the onlookers who were there on that day to experience the very first sonic boom that was ever created by human beings. On that day, Chuck Yeager, he determined that he was going to break the sound barrier as as he climbed in the sky, he, he knew what was waiting for him. He knew that there was this invisible force, this invisible resistance that, that he just needed to get beyond. He said that when he could no longer take the pressure, when, when he thought that his plane was going to be destroyed or possibly disintegrate, just when he thought that he could take no more, he heard this loud boom and then everything was quiet. Everything was peaceful around him. It took him just a few seconds to gather his thoughts. Suddenly, it dawned on him what had just happened. He had 
broken the sound barrier and and this invisible force that had been resisting him was now behind him. It was, it was pushing him forward to greater dimensions of speed. And, and they, it, it was, I read a newspaper article that was from that following day and it, it said, it said in that article, it said that, uh, that now that the sound barrier has been broken, the, the speeds at which we can go are, are just untapped. We can go as fast as, you know, we, we didn't know if we could go greater than the sound of speed, but now there is no limit to the speed at which we can travel. See, I've come to preach to you today about new dimensions that God desires to bring you into. I feel this so heavy in my heart, so heavy in my spirit about something that God is trying to shift us into. Well, there's somebody in this place, and maybe you're today, you're saying, I don't know about this, but I, I'm telling you, God has a new dimension. He has something greater that He wants you to reach, something greater that He wants you to enter into. I hope that you realize that where you are at right now is not where God wants you to be. And He is calling you to higher places. Well, perhaps... You're where you are at right now for a specific purpose, but God doesn't want to leave you there. He has more in store for you. Come on, God is calling you to greater heights. God is calling you to accomplish greater things. God, it doesn't matter if you are just eight years old today or if you are 80 years old today. God still has something greater in store for you. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him out for the very first time. Moses was 80 years old when he encountered the burning bush. God, come on, he isn't done with you yet. He isn't, he isn't finished with your story. God still has greater things in store for you today. There are things left untapped. There are things perhaps that you thought maybe was just an experience in your past that is far behind you, but God wants to awaken something inside of you again today to tell you I'm not finished I don't know if you see yourself in that same light but I can promise you that God absolutely does God absolutely sees you going and doing greater things than where you are at right now. What you're accomplishing now, greater things than you have ever done in your past. God wants to do greater things. The Apostle Paul, he wrote in his his letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Well, that that Christ, that Jesus Christ would come and He would dwell in your heart. If you have His Spirit, you have Him dwelling in your heart by faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of... What are we talking about there? He's saying... The, the, you cannot measure the things that God wants to do in you and through you. 
You cannot measure the depth, the width, the breadth, the length, the height. You cannot measure the things that God is trying to do that he wants to awaken inside of you and to accomplish in you. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now here's the verse that we all know. Because now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. (laughs) Well, that sounds pretty incredible. That sounds pretty incredible to me. I want you to, let's let's just stop. go, Go ahead and think about something that you want God to do through you. Let's pause. Think about something that you want God to do through you. If you could go and you could pray for somebody and it could happen, if you could go and do something, accomplish something, it could happen, what would it be? Come on, dream big. Whatever you just thought of, God desires to do exceeding abundantly above Whatever it is that you just thought of. God desires to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. God wants to do greater things than you could ever imagine. But come on. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, oh, but what if I, what if I just, you know, I want to pray for someone who has a terminal illness and to see them be healed. God wants to do greater things. God, come on, God wants to do that, but he wants to do greater things. What if I want to lay my hands on a blind man and see his eyes open? God's still doing it today. God wants to do it through you. God wants to do it. Yes, he wants to do greater things than that. What, what if I want to just walk into a city and see salvation come to one family after another after another until salvation comes to an entire city? Come on, did I, come on, did you truly believe what the word of God says when he says that I came to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think? Or did you forget what Jesus said? When Jesus told his disciples, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, you're going to do them. Oh, and greater works than these shall he do. Because I'm going to my father. I'm going away. And so the things that you've seen me do, you're going to do them But not just them, you will do greater works than these. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What what kind of greater things could we do than what Jesus did? Well, here's one. Peter. In the ministry of Peter... We see him in such a, a, God using him as such a capacity that, that when he walked down the streets of Jerusalem, it says that his shadow was cast upon the people who were slayed there, sick and ill, and they were immediately healed when his shadow passed over them. <laughs> That's incredible. That is incredible. 
I'm talking about people who would be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. And it was on the day of Pentecost that we saw 3,000 souls that were saved in one day. Let me tell you about what's happening today. Today, we have revivals. We have services where there are people around this world. Where there, were, there were places around this world where 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 12,000 people are being filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time in one service. I'm talking about greater things than these shall ye do healings God is not out of the healing business God is not out of the miracle working business come on I I know that there's some in here today that you're saying yeah but I haven't seen it done yet in my life God's not done God's not finished if you're here today God is still working God is still able don't stop believing don't stop. Come on, let's let's get rid of this garbage thinking that the supernatural is done and away with. Come on, we need to walk in the supernatural. If we are truly going to operate as God's church in this end time, then we must be operating in the supernatural. Oh, when did we as a church ever stop believing that God can truly do anything when we call and we ask in his name, believing that he's able to do it? Why? So that he can be glorified. So that he can be glorified. He says, not not so you can get glory, but that he can get glory. God, I, I don't want, I don't want the glory. God, I, I don't care about any of that, but it, Lord, if you can be glorified, Lord, then let it be done. Let it be done. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians it says, it said, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that worketh in us. Here's the million dollar question. How do you get the power to work in you? We could just turn to somebody and ask them, do you have the power working in you? Ask yourself that question. I mean it seriously. Ask yourself, do I have the power of the Holy Ghost working in me? Well, we know the source of the power. We know the source of the power that he's talking about there. It's in Acts 1.8. It says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Holy Ghost is not just some, some part, some aspect of God. No, this is God, Him coming in and filling you with the very same power that Jesus had when He walked here on this earth. It's the same power that split the Red Seas. It's the same power that came, come on, and it fed and it took care of all of the Israelites for 40 years as they traveled in the wilderness. It's the same power that brought the Jericho walls down. It's the same power that brought the fire down that when Elijah began to pray. It's the same power that's working in us today. It's the same power. Come on, that stopped the rain when Elijah prayed and it stopped and the rain stopped for three years. It's the same power that's working in us today. If we call on the name of the Lord, you have access to the same Holy Ghost power. And you can say it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got the power. If you Come on. 
If you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, I'm telling you, that is the biblical sign that's accompanied every single person who was ever filled with the Holy Ghost in Scripture. That that is the same sign that is still present today when the Holy Ghost would come and fill somebody. Come on, that you would speak in tongues. And it's not that. Come on, that's not the power, but the power is God. That's the evidence that you have been filled with the power. But it's the same It's operating the same today as it did on the day of Pentecost. Oh, maybe you're here today and you're saying, tell me just a little bit more about that. Tell me just a little bit more because I want access to the power. If you're not sure, I want you to be sure when you leave today that, that how to have access to the power that we're talking about. Acts 2, chapter 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord. They were in one place. All of a sudden, a sound from heaven came in as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were dwelling at Jerusalem some Jews Devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude that came together, they were confounded because every man heard them speaking in his own language. And they were all amazed. They marveled. They said one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, but how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Skip down to verse 12. They were all amazed. They were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? What is the this that they're talking about? The this is this baptism of the Holy Ghost and the tongues that they are hearing. What does this mean? What is this sign? What is this all about? What meaneth this? Others, the mocking, said, these men are just full of new wine. They were acting crazy. They were acting like fools. Why? Because the power of God swept into that place. And they said, I just full of a brand new spirit. It's a new wine. Come on, that's what Peter said. Standing up with the eleven, he lifted up his voice. And he said, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. Hearken to my words. These men, they're not drunken as you suppose. It's just the third hour of the day. This is nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants, on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Tell, Let me tell you, that includes you. That includes you today. Upon everybody. Come on, upon every socioeconomic class. Upon it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman today Uh, come on it doesn't matter who you are God says I want to pour my spirit out on you we're talking about the same power the power of the Holy Ghost if you want access if you want to see God begin to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think you need access to the power 
You need access to the power. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. Here's what it takes. It takes a surrendered heart. It takes somebody coming and saying, Lord, get my pride out of the way. Lord, help me right now. God, it's not about me, but I just need to give you all the glory. Come on, it's somebody who would come with lifted hands. Come on, and begin to lift up their voice. I've seen people, come on, they've been walked up to the altar and they're filled with the Holy Ghost just like that. Come on, it doesn't have to take long. I've seen others that they have to travail. Come on, it takes a while. Come on, but they keep on pressing and pressing and pressing until God fills them with His Spirit. Here's the thing. It's so important for you to be filled with this spirit that if I were you I wouldn't leave this place without it I wouldn't leave this place without it God wants you to have his spirit you can't truly overcome the things in this world without his spirit in your life God wants to fill you with the spirit today if you have not experienced it come on you have an opportunity today as we end this service today this altar is going to be open come on in fact if you want to come you can come right now I'm not going to hinder you but God wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost because there is power to be an overcomer there is power for him to begin to raise you to a new level there is power there is power in his spirit I want you to know that the Holy Ghost is still as relevant today as it was on that day of Pentecost nearly 2,000 years ago. It's still as relevant today. It's still as necessary today as it's ever been. God, he still operates in the same manner in the 21st century church as he did in the 1st century church. That's why... When I identify as, as myself as, as apostolic, it's, it's the same gospel, the same message, the same practice as the apostles in the very first century church. Because God, come on, this is a restorationist movement. I want to restore and practice and, and do the same things that the first church did. And I believe that God is still working and moving in the same way that he did in the first century here. How, why do I believe that? Because he's doing it in my life. Because he's doing it in your life. I've seen God working. Amen. I want you to know that if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you have never spoken in tongues, which is that initial sign of the Holy Ghost. And today's the day. Today is the day. You say, I don't know about that. Today's the day. What if you want it? If you've doubted in your past and whether or not it can happen, today's the day. If you've tried before and you've came with lifted hands and said, God, I want your spirit. Come on, and it hasn't happened. Today's the day. God wants to fill you with his spirit. Come on, God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Come on, could somebody just lift up their hands right now? I'm not done yet. Come on, but could somebody just pause for a moment? Just lift up your hands. Believing right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, it doesn't matter if you're seven, 17, or 70. If you've never been filled with God's Spirit, He wants to fill you today. 
Only only way that it can happen is if you lay aside all your pride. Want anything that's been holding you back? Want to let go of the burdens that are weighing you down? Lift up your hands and surrender. Say, God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I want your presence. I want your spirit. Come on, we need a Holy Ghost refreshing in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, when there is somebody bold enough, somebody brave enough to say, God, I need it. God, I want it. Well, he'll do it. He'll do it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Oh, maybe you need to sit on it just a minute. Come on, I want to speak a little bit longer. God still has something. Come on. The promise is for everybody. The promise is for everybody. If you've been filled with the Spirit, I promise you God wants to fill you with the Spirit. He says, in order for me to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think, that, that power needs to be working inside of you. If you want to operate and do things that God has never done in your life before, if you want to move and do, come on, and go, to, go to some different levels in what God is calling you to, what God wants to begin, come on, to open up in your prayer time. If you want to lay your hands on somebody and see them healed, if you want to begin... Wanted to go and on an extended fast as God prompts you to do so. And all of a sudden there are bondages and things that are broken in your family. Generational curses that begin to fall off of your family. Come on, things that begin to be destroyed. Yokes, come on, that have been, been there for a long time and they're destroyed. Come on, if you want to begin to operate on these things, to do greater things. Come on, God is calling you to greater heights and greater greater levels than you have ever been to. If you want to operate in that way, then the Spirit needs to be moving and alive and working in you. My question for you today is still standing is, is the Spirit, is the Holy Ghost working in you? Is the Holy Ghost working in you today? God will do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think if you have the power working in you. What in the Greek, working. Even the English working, it's a verb, it's an action, it's operative, it's active, it's doing something. It's not just sitting idle, it's at work. What is the Holy Ghost at work in your life? Well, how do I know if the Holy Ghost is at work in my life? Here's how you know. You know because it is constantly pulling you closer and closer and closer to Jesus Christ. It's bringing you up. It's bringing you, come on, further and further away from the world. It will never push you in the direction of becoming more and more like the world. If you stop and you assess your situation and you notice that you're heading in the direction of the world then you have your first clue that the Spirit of God is not at work in your life. In the same fashion, when the Holy Ghost is alive and it's working in your life, it will not be satisfied with just standing idle. 
Not doing anything for the kingdom of God. Just sitting there. Never progressing. Sitting at a plateau. Well, you may be at a plateau for for a season. But God never meant for you to stay at a plateau. Say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm saying that God is calling you to a place of prayer. God is calling you to be, come on, a, a people that will allow the Spirit to do a work in you so that we could impact this lost world, so that you could be an agent of His Spirit, so that you could go and accomplish what God has set you here on this earth to accomplish, which is to break the bondage of sin that is, has a chokehold on this world. God is calling you to do greater things than you have ever done. God is calling you to greater heights. God is calling you to greater things in the spirit than you've ever ever experienced before. God is calling you to a place of prayer and a place of devotion and a place of fasting that you say it's been a long time since I've been here. God says let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Let the Spirit come alive. Let the Spirit come alive in you. Come on, God's waking something up. God's waking something up in somebody right now. Come on, let it stir up. Let it stir up in you. Come on, God is sick and tired of a church that is just going through the motions, coming from Sunday to Sunday, just getting here and lifting up our hands and praising Him. He says, that's all well and good, but I want a church that's working. I want a church that's allowing my spirit to do a work in them. Be my hands in my feet I want a church that will listen when I say go and they go I want a church that will pray big prayers I want a church that can pray prayers that will break bondages come on that are over this city come on there are strongholds in this city there are strongholds in your family that need broken and how are they going to be broken except you go into a place in a new dimension that you have never been before. On you're holding the very keys that can unlock on that cycle 
of sin and depression more that you have been going through but yet you have not accessed the very power and the presence that God is trying to do come on he's, he's trying come on to bring you out he's trying to lift you up he's trying to break you free from this cycle of sin come on but he's saying would you allow my spirit to go to work come on the only way that it can happen is if you stop long enough with the very busyness of your life. Come on, the very things that you've been trying to do to drown out the voice of God. He's been trying to speak. Come on, but you've been shutting him out because you don't want to put in the time of prayer and fasting that's required for God to begin to do great things. Come on, he wants to unlock gifts of the Spirit in your life so that the church so that the church can be edified so the church, God wants to unlock some things in you that you have never experienced before. I came across something that was very, I found very enlightening. Jesus, he told his disciples, he says, I've conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now I'm leaving you and be sending up into heaven. But I'm going to give you something as I leave. See, it was the practice of that day, the Roman conquerors, when they would conquer a city, they would then walk through that city in triumph. This was also true of great rulers who, uh, during their coronation or their entrance upon some great office that they were entering into, they would go through the city. They would scatter these costly gifts of treasure along the avenues that they were passing. And when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. And abundantly distributed to his waiting disciples, the rich, and the, these gifts of the Holy Ghost. He says, I'm leaving, but I've got something for you. Well, I've conquered death, hell, and the grave, but I've got something for you. Come on, this world, it's been conquered. This world, come on, it does not belong to the to Satan. This world, come on, you have more power in you. You have more power in your prayers. But God, but the devil, the thing that he loves the most is a prayerless church, a prayerless people. If he if a church begins to get into a life of lifestyle of prayer, he starts shaking in his boots. Come on, but when we begin to pray, when we begin come on to allow the Holy Ghost to operate in our lives God has given us gifts to go and to do greater things than you could ever imagine. I'm telling you God he wants to awaken something inside of every person in this place today. Lord, if you could truly, if he could truly get you to open up and give him access to your will. To give you, to give him access to your mind, to your heart, that he can begin to open up doors and new dimensions 
in his spirit that you would never imagine. Jesus. Well, I know that we have those that are praying. You, you keep on, please. Please keep praying. And then we're coming to a close here very soon. Come on, but there are many times, I want you to know, there are many times that we will experience severe resistance just before you find the perfect will of God or you receive your breakthrough. Acts, Acts chapter 16. You know how to turn there, but, but Paul, he, he desired to go into the region of Galatia, but he was forbidden of, of going there by the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God in Asia. So he, he then he sought out to go to Bithynia by the Spirit, uh, but the Spirit told him not to go there. He had a vision in which the man from Macedonia appeared and he said, come over and help us. The vision gave him the assurance that it was the will of God for him to go to Macedonia. Now we would think that with them being in the will of God, that everything would be rosy when he went into Macedonia. But we find in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth that his recollection of how rosy it was in the will of God in Macedonia was not quite so rosy. He said, when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. See, we cannot judge whether or not we are in the will of God by the ease or the, or the, or the difficult of our circumstances that we are in. The way of the cross is often difficult. Come on, when you begin to go into a new dimension, it is often difficult as you begin to press into that new dimension. But I'm telling you that God is calling you to break through the pain, break through the confusion, break through this, the, 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 the barrier that you feel. He's bringing you to a new dimension today. When you're facing the spiritual stronghold in your city, your spirit is facing the spiritual dimension and power that tries to come against you. I want you to head straight into the turmoil today. Come on, there's somebody right now, and I want to unleash you right now. At least you begin to pray for your city, to begin to pray for your family. I want to begin right now in this place. We're going to open up this altar if we could have our musicians come right now. Hallelujah. And I want to begin. Well, there's somebody who needs to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. There's somebody who needs to operate. Come on in prayer. There's somebody who needs to begin to operate. Come on in things that you have not operated in in some time. But God is calling you to a new dimension. He's calling you to a higher level. He's calling you to do greater things. Why? So that He can get the glory. God, I want you to do exceedingly, abundantly. Of all that we can ask or think. Well, I believe that we are living in the end times. Church, don't fool yourselves to think that we have an eternity left here on this earth. Our time is running short. Your time is running short. God is calling you to greater heights. He's calling you to new dimensions. He's calling you. Well, how do we how do we reach greater heights? We do it by getting on our knees. I do it by humbling myself. 
do it by abasing myself and fasting and prayer. God, get rid of my flesh. I know I'll always have it. Lord, I want to abstain from the things of the flesh. So let you, Lord, have your way. When there are prayers that you can only pray when you break into a new dimension of the Spirit. Because there's things that you don't even know to pray for until you get to that dimension. There's strongholds in families that you've been praying, God, clear, clean up this mess of my family. I clean up this mess in my life. But you don't really know how to pray. You don't really know what the root of the matter is. But God can begin to reveal how to pray specifically. Well, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying a new dimension. There's things as you draw closer and closer to God. He says, here's how to pray. Here's what you need to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. I know it's a still quietness right now. Oh, but God wants to call somebody right now in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, could we stand all throughout this place? Ever since I said it earlier in my message that if you have not received the Holy Ghost, that there's somebody that's been turning in their mind. Does you really mean today's the day? Today's the day. Today's the day. Oh, God wants to fill you. He wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Well, if you have never experienced it, today's the day. Oh, would you come to this altar right now? Would you make your way here? Come on, there's a spirit, there's a power that can work inside of you if you want that spirit right now. Come on, as you make your way, if you would just extend your hands. Make your way up to this altar and just lift up your hands in a sign of surrender, as a sign of worship. And you just lift up your voice. Say, God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, I want this gift that you give so freely that is your spirit. God, baptize me today with your power. Baptize me today in the same way that you did all those on that day of Pentecost. Come on, you just begin to shout out with your own voice. Come on, and God will fill you. He will baptize you afresh. God, I need your spirit today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, all around this place. Come on, could we just begin to let God move you into a new dimension of his power? The atmosphere is changing.